Hello and welcome to Life of the School, episode 26. Hello, my name is Aaron Matthew, and I'm a biology teacher at Acton Boxborough Regional High School in Acton, Massachusetts. On most episodes of Life at the School, I sit down with a fellow life science teacher and find out how they got in the classroom and what they're currently working on and what their hopes are for the future. Uh, however, in this episode, I am in Florida uh, at the NABT BSCS AP Biology Teacher Academy, which gives me the opportunity to catch up uh, with a variety of teachers, namely the facilitators of this year's program. So with uh, joining me today is uh, two former guests uh, on the podcast um, and uh, a teacher who will be on a very future guest. And then we have a couple of silent people in the background as well who will get on later in the year as well. So uh, let me re uh, welcome back uh, Robin Baleri from episode 10. Welcome, Robin. Hey, thanks. And Chi Klein from episode 14. Hi, Aaron. So and happy you're down here. <laughs> and Valerie May from some future episode. Hello. And Valerie, you are from Woodstock, Connecticut? Woodstock, Connecticut. Yes. Yep. So we, we have now been twice in a room together. Yes. Um, once was in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. um, and now we're in Florida. So we live about 30 minutes apart, we figured. Yes, that's So correct. this may yeah. be like the, the worst way of hanging out as a professional network, but we're never in the same spot. So um, so my first question uh, for the gallery, and uh, I don't know, Chi, do you want to introduce the other silent members of our uh, audience? I would love to introduce our other silent, but powerful members. So we have Leslie Kirkley, and we have Caitlin Olick, and we have Phyllis Robinson here with us. And of course, right now I'm going to blink on your cities. <laughs> Potomac, Maryland is where Phyllis is from. Rochester, New York is where Caitlin is from. And of course, Leslie is from Wesley Chapel, Florida. Thank you, Chi. Um, so let me get into the question. This is my first question for the gallery, which is, um, how do you know what is this thing that I'm at? <laughs> so you are the six facilitators of this of this program, um, and I am just a, a lowly participant here. So what is the NA, NABT BSCS AP Biology Teacher Academy that that I've been at all week? So I guess that's me. I get to be the one. Um, so a little bit of the history is in 2012, we had cohort one of the BSCS NABT teacher, Biology Teacher Leader Academy. Um, one of the things that started it, the talking to, to form the Teacher Leader Academy was the changes in the AP curriculum. And they thought it was a great time to start talking to biology teachers about not just shifting to a new framework, but also shifting to a new mindset in terms of, of how to approach the teaching of, of biology at the AP level. Um, so I was in cohort one, um, and we showed up not really knowing what was gonna happen over the week, and over the week we learned about how students learn, how adults learn. Um, we also learned about not just taking the framework as a, a list of topics as we used to approach AP Bio, but taking it as a, as a group of concepts and, and trying to organize and make sense of them into the idea of a storyline. Um, it's coherent, uh, that, uh, like a path that we can lead our students down. Um, and then we also looked at how we can measure both 
ourselves measuring and our students measuring their level of, of learning of the concepts that we're, we're trying to, to teach them. So we got a lot into formative assessment. Um, so then there is two more cohorts. And I think, Chi, you were in cohort three. I was in cohort three. And Robin was in cohort two. Yes. And then they started moving us into these leadership positions and starting these regional teacher academies around the country. And so we're the second group of teacher leaders to venture into sharing what we experienced and what we learned with an even greater number of teachers around the country. Yeah, that was actually brought up at dinner today, was, um, which was the, like, how long have they been running these things? And I was like, I don't know. Uh, but I had never seen this particular uh, workshop before until she started mentioning it um, on the horizontal transfer Slack at the beginning of the year. And then I had the chance to talk to, talk to Robin, like, the next week. And so Robin was able to confirm. It's like, yeah, come down to Florida. So, um the, the thing that I was wondering, because somebody had posted up on the Facebook group, like, what's the difference between this and the APSI was what somebody was wondering. Does I, I've never done the APSI, so I don't know what those are like. Do you guys have any experience with those? Oh, sorry, it's me. Um, so an APSI is an AP Biology or an AP something, yeah. Summer Institute, and they are sponsored and run by the College Board with College Board trained facilitators and the purpose is not a hundred percent different but it's um especially the one the APSI is for beginning teachers is to familiarize them with the framework and um walk them through some of the more common lab experiences and and talk to them about com submitting the audit and you know the other kind of nuts and bolts of running an AP course. Um, the way that our academy is different is that while we talk about curriculum, we stress the importance of pedagogy and multiple types of strategies and forming community. Um, and again, creating that coherent storyline um, through which we, we teach our course. Yeah, I mean, to me, I did do the AP training before I got into the classroom, and I assume, and it was in the old system because, you know, as we have discovered this week, I am one of the olds um, at this uh, workshop. I was <laughs> under the old system, too. So, but when I went in through that, you're absolutely right. They went through, and, like, we had the time where we did the photosynthesis lab, and we right. did that, and that's just not been what we've been doing. That's not to say we haven't been doing labs, but it's been much more about... It's been much more about the, the, the thought of how to, to use the curriculum to tell a story, and then the labs or the activities are supporting the concepts that we're teaching as opposed to, as opposed to having, yep, there's a dirty dozen labs, and you better do these 12 labs, and they go in this order and make sure you hit them. Not to say that that's what the AP is now doing, but I feel like that's sort of the legacy of AP, that the things that we were supposed to do drove the curriculum a lot more, and that's not the focus that I've been seeing this week. Do I get passed? Do I pass this week? I get a, I'm getting lots of <laughs> yeah. nods in the room, which is you'll get your you'll get your CEs. Great, great radio <laughs> uh, to nod at me. So um, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I would I would say my APSI was the what, yeah. whereas this is the how and the why. Yeah, yeah. The why the why is when you said that I was like, yeah, this is the why. This mm -hmm. is like, well, why would you do formative assessments? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, why would I care about which of these goes in what sequence? Yeah, absolutely. Correct. All right. Um, 
So now it gets to the question. I think uh, we have a good sense of of sort of the background history and what this thing is. But so I guess my question is, um, you know, what are you guys what are you guys getting out of this? Like you guys have you know you guys are down here. You're from all over the country. I know that you know uh, Valerie's like desperate to go camping in Alaska from mm-hmm. everything I've heard. Uh, like can't wait Just to go. Just getting away. Yeah. Uh, so, but you're you're not you're not going out there. So like I guess I'll uh, give Chi the chance. Wh- what is what are you getting out of this week so far? Well, I'm getting I gained a lot from my own AP Biology Leadership Academy, um, and it was a way to connect with other teachers who were like-minded but from very different backgrounds and doing very different things. And so I learned so much from my cohort, but then we connected to other cohorts as well. And with uh, Robin and with Valerie, I mean, I learned so much from them just because we got connected on social media and then we had other opportunities where we would run into each other at NABT, had people in common. And it built this community that was just greater than me in my little school. So um, I really wanted to help when given the opportunity to share this with others and then pass the experience on to other teachers who might gain a lot from a coherent curriculum, um, learning about how to do formative assessment. Because a lot of people might think they're doing these things, but until they actually go through it with feedback from others, they may not be doing it to the extent that they want to, or some people just don't know what it means to have a coherent curriculum. They are. They're just checking off things because this is what they feel they have to do. And getting away from that have to do to, oh my gosh, I want to try this and I want to try that. And, I, you know, and there are multiple ways that I can do this. Oh my gosh, I can cu- catch these concepts in different ways. And then every year I've changed it up based on the students I have in my own class. So it's never quite the same, and I'm always iterating. So yeah. it's, it's a neat experience to share with others and hopefully that they feel good about the AP curriculum um, because it, it's a difficult, difficult thing to do. So, so it makes me think, because when I talk to a lot of bio teachers and I talk to AP teachers, I sort of get sort of two reactions. I get the reaction of, oh, I love the new AP. It's so different. It's so great. And then I also get a lot of, oh, there's so much to teach in AP. But I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't want to put words in people's mouths. I, to me, I don't feel like there's so much to do in AP. Um, I'm also not a particularly high-stress person. So I like, like, whatever, we'll get there. The year's going to end. You know, They're going to take the test on May whatever. So no stress to me. Uh, but like, do you guys feel that that's the case? Do you feel like this, that the AP is like this stressful monster? Or is there like a lot of space to you when you teach? It depends on how you read it. I mean, if you read it as a list, it's totally overwhelming. I mean, if it's how you interpret it. And I I take the mindset similar to you. It's like, we'll get through it. And in May, you'll take the test. (laughs) We'll be done then. Um, But I don't feel pressured time-wise through my school year to, you know, to check the boxes of, like, the framework. Um, But I've built through the, the knowledge and the connections I've made through the Leadership Academy, I've built a curriculum that works for me and works for my kids. And so I don't, I don't sweat that small stuff. You know, do I have this little essential knowledge? Do I have this little illustrative example? Do I have all the, you know, I'm not gonna micromanage myself to death. 
my curriculum, while it changes every year, is pretty solid going in. Um, and that's taken time to get there. But then I just kind of trust myself and build a community with my students. And we just go through it starting end of August. Valerie, how, how stressed are you about the AP? <laughs> I wouldn't say that I'm stressed in terms of I have to get it all done. Sometimes the I'm anxious about trying to give my students every opportunity that they can possibly have, and I would just love to have more time to give them more opportunities. Um, but with the so I taught AP Bio for about three, maybe four years under the former format, and then now since the new one, and I think. The way it used to be is you'd have free response questions, and it'd be like, oh, there's another thing I need to add to my curriculum because I didn't do that. Now there's an example like eDNA. Well, do we actually have to teach eDNA? Is that another thing that we have to, another illustrative example that we need to add to the many lists? So, or do we need to teach them the concept that they're, that are in those enduring understandings and those essential knowledges so that they can apply it to new situations? And that I think a lot of, teachers kind of fall back on that illustrative ex example as their checklist. And that's impossible. You can't get through all of that. Yeah, I think that, the, I mean, personally, I can say that I feel like the, when I look back at the homework that I assign, I feel like I assign every bit of the textbook correlations that are in the Campbell Ninth Edition. And I don't cover all of that in class. But for right. me, I give it to just because of that idea. It's like, well, the it's Campbell correlation. I realize they don't need to see them all, but going through and parsing those out and saying, uh, gosh, I guess they don't need to have that example. Or that, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard work that needs to be done. It's something that you know I'm currently looking forward to. You know, eventually reducing that number. But I do feel that I think that's the stress when you do get stressed about the kids. It's like, did I go over that one example that's going to show up on that? one free response question that, right, right. oh gosh, they didn't go it. But the truth is, is that if you assign that reading in October, what are the odds they're going to remember that in May? Like, they're not going to go back and reread the whole textbook. So, right, right. You know, I, don't, I guess I don't stress too much about it from that I standpoint. I think part of it is if you've taught on the old format and you had those four free response questions, you would play the game the following year of, well, they asked about photosynthesis last year, so they're not going to ask about it this year in a free response question. And now there's eight of them, and we would just be killing ourselves if we tried to play that game. Yeah. And they've demonstrated to us, the College Board has, that you're not going to win at that guessing game anymore. You're just far better off teaching your kids the skills to, like Val said, apply what they know conceptually to new situations. Um, and, you know, we see Twitter memes the week of the exams <laughs> where their kids are just, I mean, bees and caffeine. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there was no way in heck that we were going <laughs> to, that we were going to read the minds of the test writers with that one. But did we teach them concepts and math skills and science practices and so on so that they could at least attempt to tackle that question? 
Yeah, my kids weren't too bent out of shape out of it, but they definitely did request that we watch the B movie oh, yeah. uh, when we had were displaced during our they state testing. The yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I also think that you just have named the greatest AP Biology Facebook uh, uh, pool that we could ever do is to have all of the teachers place bets on what the long open responses are and uh, yeah. the long FRQs and the short FRQs. I think if uh, I think I got a job for Ryan Reardon um, <laughs> for Scouring next year. Scouring the headlines of yeah. obscure scientific <laughs> journals next year. Yeah, okay, maybe Paul Strutt. Okay. <laughs> Paul, will, Paul will probably get it right, so it'll, we'll be really boring for the rest of us. He doesn't teach AP. No, so. he'll still get it right. <laughs> but I think it would be funny to get, to get those perspectives. Um, so in terms of like the, the moments that we're in, so we're in this week and you've been interacting with all of these teachers and I will say it's, um, I was surprised and maybe this is cause I didn't realize it, how many like f teachers who are going to take teach AP for the first time next year or who taught AP for the first time the last mm -hmm. year. I mean, that's the majority of who's in the room with us. Um, you know, I think there's three teachers who had more years teaching experience in AP in the in the cohort than me, and I, I've only been teaching it for seven years, so it's not like I've been the super veteran AP teacher. Um, I guess the question is, like, what are you learning from this cohort as you guys go through this? Because you are, you said this is the, the first time, you guys have not run this before. No. No, so you guys are, like, learning as teachers, and I know that you guys debrief for, like, four hours every day as you plan <laughs> for next year. Um, so, uh, so like, what are you guys, what are you guys taking out as, like, your learning experience? I know we're not done, but what are you guys learning during this week? Well, I think it's interesting that some of the difficulties we had are more challenged with when we went through it. Um, we are seeing within our participants, but we have that experience in hindsight saying, oh, they're going to get there. They're, we know they'll get there by the end. And then each day it's interesting to read some of the comments and it's like, yes, <laughs> they did understand and they did own the um, concept, conceptual framework and, or the con uh, conceptual storyline piece of it. Or, oh yeah, they're asking for this and they'll get that informative assessment when we talk about that. So I think that those pieces are really neat for us having gone through it ourselves. Um, to kind of see another group go through. And we see the light at the end of the tunnel, but they may not yet, or you may not yet. <laughs> <laughs> now i got a preview on what's happening tomorrow. So <laughs> any, other, any other moments you've learned from or thoughts? I think it's just a great example of teachers as being lifelong learners. Uh, so much stuff is going on in education today about um, evaluation and those types of things and an impression that teachers only work 180 days. <laughs> and I'd like to invite everyone who says that teachers only work for 180 days and have all their summers off to come and just watch what happens in a, in a room like this and to watch teachers struggle with concepts and and be vulnerable about what they know and what they don't know and, and, and make shifts in their thinking. Um, and I think a, a great thing is I experienced it, all of us experience it, and I think the participants are experiencing the connections that they're making with each other. And then you realize that you're not the only one that's being reflective about your practice. And it's making a shift. And I've seen that in my school with my department 
is I've been reflective in my practice and I do little things and slowly having different department members picking up on it. And they never even went to an RTA. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a kind of thing that we talk about with the BSES NABT is one teacher affects this many students. So we're teachers affecting teachers who are affecting students and each teacher and each participant is affecting other teachers. And so that the reach is huge and making a shift into that re reflective practice. It's really all thinking about what we do and why we're doing it and how it's going to help our students. Yeah. Robin, any, uh, any takeaways? <laughs> I mean, it's really about wanting to be better for our students. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're here. Um, even if we think we're, we're doing a good job, we all know that it's never going to be perfect. There's room for improvement for everybody. Um, and just that desire to improve because it will help our students. Yeah. It's also the interesting part about what we do, that like nothing that we do is perfect. And uh, somebody actually asked me that on like the first night when, so like the great thing about this is like we go and we sit in this room and we work like hard. I mean, it's not easy intellectual work mm -hmm. that we're doing this week. And we're, we're thinking about it and we're putting these connections and we're doing this and we're being a little vulnerable, like in, cause you have to kind of be a little dumb sometimes to, <laughs> to get through this. And then we work really hard. Then we come back to the hotel and we all then go out to dinner together. And what do we do is we talk for four more hours about teaching um, <laughs> in there. And one of those nights, somebody asked me, they're like, so w but why do you come to this thing? You know, because I've been, you know, I've been to AP institutes and I've taught before and I was like, oh, because <laughs> everything I do could get better. Like, there's nothing there. Um, I think that for people who are not been teaching for very long, they may not realize that that they may not be surrounded by that in their room. And I think it's so impressive that we have so many teachers who are 20 plus years in the teaching profession here. Uh, I am so impressed by that. And, you know, I mean, it's it's amazing in terms of lifelong learning for them to want to do that. And then we have some amazing participants who are accomplished mm -hmm. already yeah. um, in so many ways, and yet they are still challenged by it. And so it's, it's a wonderful thing there, you know, for myself to, and I think for others. I don't want to speak for everyone, but there's nods. <laughs> I think you have to speak for some people. Okay. <laughs> I'm speaking for our silent but powerful <laughs> co-leaders. All right. So uh, before we get to, to wrapping things up, uh, you, this is your chance. Do you have any, you, like, you can, like, quiz me on anything now. You've had me. I'm going to participate. Do you guys have any questions for me? Oh, Aaron, I'd love to know um, what you feel right this moment <laughs> uh -huh. on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Or Wednesday. What do I feel about... About this, this experience so far. Or as we know it as day four. Day four. Oh, day yeah. four, but Step Wednesday. Four. <laughs> <laughs> day four. Um, uh, for me, I think... Um, I've, I've got a lot of... A lot of things. I think the the text I sent um, I sent to back to my the AP teacher that I work with and I team with. Um, he asked me. I I sent him a text to ask him how a lab was going, and he asked me how this was going. I said, "Oh, it's good. I'll see you next week. There's a lot to unpack." So that was that's sort of where I feel right now. I feel there's a lot to unpack. Um, I feel like the work that we've been doing in terms of talking about you know whether you call them learning objectives or learning targets, and the language we've been using is concepts. Um, the discussions we've been having about concepts and, and how concepts build off each other, 
and thinking about the timing of concepts and what's a reasonable, what's a reasonable amount of time for students to grapple and make sense of a concept. I think that's probably the thing that I'm turning over the most in my head and sort of the, the granular breakdown of what is in a concept. So even when you have a concept, there are certain keywords and key terms that are prior knowledge that need to be accessed, but they also need to be checked. And so coming to grips with what is a reasonable concept to teach in a reasonable amount of time and where is conceptual overload and how do things fit together in a, in a storyline, um, in an arc, is something that I'm sort of turning over my head and thinking about the way I frame my learning objectives. Are my learning objectives conceptual? Um, are they more granular facts? Um, is some of the, the problems that I have when I think of what I view as a unit that's a reasonably balanced unit, is the reasonably balanced unit just got the same number of things in it, but it doesn't actually have the same number of concepts. That I have, I, I've actually put a lot more concepts in certain units and then a lot of facts in other units. And so for students, it's really easy to unpack the, the fact-based units because they can memorize anything and spit it back at me. But I am overloading concepts during certain times of the year. And sort of how does that piece and storyline come together? So I, I'd say for me, it's a new lens to think about what is it that I call learning objectives and how does that fit into the larger scope of, of what I teach? Um, so that's, that's. We have we have you right where we want you. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we that do. That is the most ominous thing you've ever <laughs> said. <laughs> you will be okay yeah, if that's so. where you are. So, uh, and I don't know if, I mean, I think there is a continuum uh, of, of the people in the room uh, as we've talked about sort of the balance. And I think there are some people who are in that. Um, they're like pin, ears pinned back, they're like leaning back, and they're like, oh my God, fire hose, shut the fire hose off. Um, and they're at that point, but they'll be okay later on. Um, whereas for me, honestly, like this has not been fire hose for me. This has been like, you know, I don't want to say you're going easy on me, but like th I think that's, the, I have to like pause and then pull out what I do and then and look at that, but I would hope that would be the case. I think if I felt like I was drinking from the fire hose, I'd be like, what the hell have I been doing for the last seven years? Um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't feel like I've been just wasting my time and spinning my wheels, but for me, I think there's been a lot of things that I am probably going to come back to six, seven weeks from now and go, hmm, wait a minute. This is, we saw this, this is what this means. How does that, how does this fit into a larger piece? Um, and then I'll be like, you know, sending messages on Twitter or, you know, like I'll, I'll be asking follow-up questions down the line. Um, but for me, that's, I think that's the piece that, for me, learning objectives has been the hardest thing for me as a teacher. Communicating learning objectives and then getting the students to see them in the way I want to see them and making them student-friendly. And the lens of wonder, wondering whether or not I'm actually asking the right questions or even have the, the right level on the things that I'm asking them to do. That's, that's the piece I'm in, um, and, and that's where I'm hoping to get to next. So. Well, I think it's really, just to m because you mentioned Twitter, so the text that you sent, <laughs> you know, about <laughs> your teaching house and the other participants to get on Twitter, well, I just laughed so hard at it because Phyllis and Caitlin were in my cohort, and we were seated in the lobby of the hotel getting on everyone on Twitter at that time. And then Val mentioned that she was getting her cohort, some of the people. No, I was cohort. getting all of you as followers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was. I got the people on my cohort to sign up. Oh, so Robin Twitter. did. <laughs> and then we probably all followed the cohort one crowd. Right. Yeah. And then y'all followed the rest of us the yeah. next and summer. I, I think that's just, that's the sense of community. Yeah. Uh, one of, you know, our, our bottom goal on the piece of paper 
is to build a community. Yeah. And and that's what we're doing. And by attending these, you become a part of a community of teachers who often feel isolated. And yeah. so when you send out an SOS via Twitter, you know, when you get through into September, you have us plus so many more people mm -hmm. that will contribute to that. Yeah, and they were, they were basically, because they were asking me, like, how do you use Twitter? And then that's why, like, I pulled it up. And I was like, all right, well, here's the message I sent to Bob Kuhn to say, Bob, when you did this lab that I saw you posting on Facebook early in the year, it's now playtime for me, my AP's over, and I want to try this out. Do you order a kit? What do you do? And what does Bob do? He's like, here's my document, and this is what I do, and this is how I do it. And it's like, okay. There it is. Done. And... Um, you know, those are the types of things that you get out of this kind of community, and um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a great. I think I think it's going to be great for a lot of the people who, as you said, are feeling isolated or have in the past felt isolated day to day, but now they're going to realize they live in the future, and whether you like it or not, we're all connected, and so you got to choose to be connected to the people who build you up and give you strength, and you have that opportunity and choice. So that's a perfect way to sum it. Yeah. So. All right, you two have any questions for me now that I've we've pinned you down in the and recorded you? Not right now. Not right I now. I think though. All right. Any questions for me? Not really. Not really. Could you name so you know Knufki and Kuhn? Yeah. Which cohorts were they in? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, well, that is know. a good question. Um, I would guess uh, would they have so the answer is I don't know so I'm just gonna come up with an answer and make it. Um, I, there's I, only been there's only been three. There's only been so three, so go. I gotta like. <laughs> well, there's there's been three, but first year, there was two weeks. Yeah, it was oh. like one A and one B. Yeah. For one, cohort one. Yeah. It's hard to think of Knufki not being like a, a trendsetter. It's hard to think of him not being in session one. Like so, I I would have to. I'm gonna guess Knufki was in the first cohort. That, nope. is that is nope, incorrect. That is incorrect. All right. <laughs> Poor well. Knufki was stuck with me and Leslie. Oh, Coho dose, oh, okay. as we like to rule. How about Bob? Uh, so, so Bob is like, uh, like 25 years older than I think he is. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Sorry, I'm apologizing. <laughs> no, no, he's like he, Sorry, Bob, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't seem like he doesn't seem like he should be. You know. As as uh, I, I think the word seasoned seasoned was the word I used with uh, Mark Peterson uh, the other day. I was like, how could he be so seasoned? So um, I'm gonna guess that he was in cohort two as well. No, no. Uh, he was in our cohort, <laughs> cohort three. <laughs> cohort three. Okay. Well, yeah. So. We called him Awesome Bob. Awesome Bob. You didn't call him Kunbo. <laughs> uh, we called him Kunbo too, but okay. we called him Awesome Bob uh, the first year. Yeah. Well, they as I said, they have been uh, tremendously helpful. Uh, to me, you know, just on Twitter and asking questions and, and following feedback. And I do feel like as I've been building this community up, um, I don't know how much I give back <laughs> at this point, uh, but I do feel like I've started to get to the point where I'm able to give back to some of the people I've been able to work with and some of that, that community. And definitely this week is one of those weeks where I feel like because of the support of all of the people who have supported me, like, like Bob and like Dave and all, all those other people, now I'm in a place where I'm out at dinner and I'm helping people sign up for Twitter and I'm helping people. Like th this week, I haven't felt like just I'm somebody. Taking, it definitely feels like somebody I, I'm able to help other people along. And it's so funny because I actually got on Twitter because of Paul Anderson because I went <laughs> to one of his workshops 
yeah. to learn how to do uh, the video pa- podcasting. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think uh, you got on Twitter because of Keenan Fellows. So that was before your... That's correct, which yeah. is a, a North Carolina I know. fellowship, yeah. I interviewed you, so I... I and I remember tell. these things, yeah. <laughs> and I got on Just Twitter because I had to do a workshop for... And for part of our being a part of a cohort, we oh. had to do a workshop, and somebody tweeted something about our workshop, so I had to get on Twitter so <laughs> I could see what that was. <laughs> so so yeah, it all comes back to BSCS. Well, I will say that somebody was like, where is Cindy posting all of these pictures that you're talking about? And where's Chi posting all of these pictures <laughs> that you're talking about? So there's pictures of can- us in canoes all over the, <laughs> all over the place <laughs> for today, and you know, out at movie night last night, and right. some of the other participants were like, where are these pictures of us? You know, and I was like, oh, they're on Twitter. That's sort of how it started. So you guys, are, you guys were the push to start. So, well, I, I very much appreciate you taking a late evening, and these these six ladies have worked extremely hard. I know that everybody I'm, I've been with uh, all week has been talking about how amazingly well run this uh, this workshop has been, and um, it is packed, but and it moves. And it's super engaging, and as I said, it's hard. It's not. It's not easy thinking. Um, so I will. I will thank on behalf <laughs> of the group um, because I know that uh, everyone has been feeling that way. And even though we're on day four, um, and we have a day and a half, is is it five and five and a half, or is it? Um, I think we just call it six. Oh, we call it six. Okay. Yeah, we'll, uh, so we, up, we'll round up for the last yeah. morning. So we still have, uh, as my students would say, twelve hours left. Um, <laughs> well, plus dinner. I guess we have more than that. Yes, yeah, so uh, we have so. dinner tomorrow. So we, we still have a day and a half left of work, um, but uh, I've appreciated it a lot, and I would thank you all for joining me, even those of you who didn't say anything. Um, we will get you on. Um, I, have, I don't have all the states yet. I don't have Maryland. I don't have Maryland, and we'll get Connecticut formally on as a full, right. a full-fledged and then later the summer or in the fall. Sounds you know, good. If you make it back you know, from the bears. Yeah. Um, later the bears. on this summer. The bears. So, uh, so I want to thank everyone uh, for listening, and um, I will give my... Uh, my normal credits here at the end. Uh, this and epi- every episode has music by Jank Jenkins and Exmaticians. You can uh, subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or really any place that podcasts are found. You can also tweet at me, at Mr. Matthew Tweets. And then once you figure out who I follow, you can find all of these ladies because they're there. Um, and <laughs> and uh, you can get show notes um, on lifeoftheschool.org. So thank you, everybody, and I will talk to everybody soon. 